The Productive Woman, Episode 337. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I'll share with you my conversation with digital marketing strategist and Netherlands resident, Sarah Tulin. You'll find more information about Sarah, along with links to resources she recommends and the ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 337. This episode is brought to you by Calm and by Organifi. For listeners of The Productive Woman, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off their Calm premium subscription of sleep stories and guided meditations and so much more by going to calm.com slash TPW. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. You can get started today by going to calm.com slash TPW. And I'll share a little more about them later in the episode. But right now I want to welcome a new sponsor of the Productive Woman podcast, and that's Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar per serving. Organifi's goal is to unite the world through health and happiness by providing access to high quality nutrition, education, and community. Organifi chooses the highest quality plant-based ingredients for optimal health. Each blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers when possible and contain less than three grams of sugar. Each superfood blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, providing you with quality nutrition throughout your day. And they strive to keep the prices as low as possible, which is something to appreciate. As an example of their offerings, they have a green juice that contains 11 superfoods, including a clinical dosage of ashwagandha to help improve your body's stress response and reset your morning. It takes just 30 seconds to prepare it by dissolving it in water. So even if you don't have time to juice, you can take this green juice on the go and it's packed with vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants and certified organic by the USDA. And that's just one of the superfoods products Organifi offers. To learn more and to get 15% off any item in their online store, you can visit Organifi.com slash TPW. To get that discount, be sure to use this link, Organifi.com slash TPW, and that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, Organifi.com slash TPW. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Sarah Kim Tulin. Sarah is a self-proclaimed nomad who hails from Orange County, California, attended Emerson College in Boston, worked and lived in New York City, and is now living in the Netherlands. Sarah is the founder of Communaholics Agency, which is a digital marketing agency that creates innovative digital strategies for open-minded clients and interestingly runs her company on a green initiative that's written into every contract called Plant 10, which means that Communaholics plants 10 trees for every month of work done with a client. When she's not working, Sarah enjoys surfing, rock climbing, yoga, skincare, embroidery, macrame, painting, baking, and most prominently, sushi eating. I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm just delighted that you could join me all the way from the Netherlands. And uh, we had a little bit of fun trying to schedule a time where it wouldn't be the, the middle of the night for one of us, but we got it worked out. And so you're here and I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to talking with you. 
Yes, me too. So much. Definitely scheduling things with different time zones is one of my biggest quests throughout the week. <laughs> I'm sure uh, running a business from a country like that, uh, you know, from a different country where maybe some of your clients and customers are, and we'll get into that, but I gave a little bit of an introduction to you, but maybe we could start by you telling us a little bit more about who you are, where you are, what you do, what whatever you think it would be interesting or useful for us to know as we get into our conversation about productivity and making a life that matters. Yeah, so I think you did a great job with your introduction, but a little bit about me. Like I said, I consider myself a nomad. I've been moving around a lot in the past few years between being born and raised in Southern California, going to college in Massachusetts, and then working in New York, and now I'm here in the Netherlands. Um, I started my business this past year, and I'm 22 years old, so definitely... I battle a lot with figuring out life in general, along with figuring out my business. And I am sitting right here as I talk to you with my cat named Kimchi. So <laughs> I think that covers me. <laughs> and what took you to the Netherlands? My husband is actually from the Netherlands. We met while he was living in New York. He was on a visa and then mid-pandemic, his visa expired. And because a lot of government offices were closed, we weren't able to get an extension on his visa. Ah. So we figured maybe it was easier to just move to the Netherlands. Sure, that makes sense. And because your business is uh, is in digital marketing, I guess it, it made it a little easier for you to, to do it remotely or well what i say remotely it's not, it's remotely from the united states anyway yeah i mean it definitely makes my life a lot easier because i work with a lot of american clients but when i initially moved to the netherlands i still hadn't technically started my business so mm. it was like the decision of like moving to the netherlands and then my whole life kind of being like a handful of confetti thrown up in the air. Like, what do I do? The possibilities are endless. Sure. Um, yeah. And so I figured, you know, I have a background in digital marketing. So the digital strategy and communaholics all just kind of fell into place after we moved here. And is, is marketing, um, was that your undergrad degree or did you study something else? My bachelor's is in marketing communications and I have a minor in entrepreneurship. So I like to say that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be based on my studies, which isn't always very common. No, that's for sure. I want to talk with you about how you're doing the things you do and how you sort of manage your life and, and uh, get the things done that are important to you. I think it's always helpful uh, when we talk about kind of the strategies and the nitty gritty of it to have a little bit of context for that. And so if there is such a thing for you as a typical day, what might that look like? I would say that my typical day is very different than the average picture of like a successful entrepreneur. My husband's a chef, so he has crazy, crazy hours He'll go to work at two and sometimes he'll get back between, you know, midnight and 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of align my schedule with his so that way we can have some time together. And because I work with a lot of American clients and I like to sleep in, I actually start my day at around 10 a.m., mm -hmm. which I would say is pretty untraditional for entrepreneurs, but it works for me. So I wake up pretty late. I have a matcha latte with some vital proteins, collagen in it. I take some time for myself. My husband's a very quiet man. So usually it's just us kind of sitting together in the morning, taking some time. And then usually in the morning, I do personal work. I have an Instagram where I give digital marketing tips. So usually I'm working on content creation for myself. And then at about noon is when I start working and I try to get my client meetings in in the early afternoon. Um, and from there, my day kind of just falls into place. And I usually end work at about one in the morning. Mm. Which makes sense, given what you said about wanting to align your schedule with your husband so that, that you have some time together, because it, it, in, in a 
in a lot of situations, if a, if the one partner is working outside the home or working sort of a traditional workday schedule and the other partner is working nights, for instance, you might never see each other, which makes it a little hard to maintain a relationship. Yeah, definitely. And when I moved here and I was considering applying to other jobs here, you know, that was one of the major pushes for me to start Communaholics. Um was because I wanted to make sure that I had more time with him, especially moving to a foreign country and not speaking the language here. And honestly, because we moved here during the pandemic, not having really many friends here, um, Mm. it was really important to me that I kind of found a way to make time for us. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Moving to a a new country in the middle of a pandemic, um, did the Netherlands, did they have stay-at-home orders during all of this or... Do they still? I mean, how how have they managed it? So initially, they were quite light on the restrictions. Masks weren't required. And because it's more of a socialist country, they have to go through a lot of processes to declare anything for the people living here. But right now, it being, you know, the end of February, we are in a full lockdown. You know, Shops are closed. We have a curfew. We can't be out past 9 p.m. Um, and you have to wear masks everywhere. So it was a lot lighter when we first got here and has gotten progressively heavier. Yeah. And so that that has, I would imagine, created some challenges in terms of sort of acclimating yourself to the country and meeting people and, you know, developing friendships and stuff like that. Very much so. And especially with missing my family back home, you know, I was moving to a different country for the first time, you know, I'd lived away from home, but I always came home for a visit every few months. But, you know, now that I'm living in a different country, I expected my friends and family to be able to come over here and visit me and that hasn't been able to happen. So definitely the acclimation has been a little bit more difficult than expected, but Fortunately, my husband has an amazing group of friends and family here. And they have, I, I hope, welcomed you into the into the fold. Yes, they yeah. definitely have. And I have other friends, um, you know, in other parts of the Netherlands and in Germany, but I will see them once the, the curfew and everything's lifted. <laughs> hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. So, Sarah... Every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive and getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life, getting the things done that are important to you? Sometimes the biggest challenge is just starting for me. I have ADHD and I had you know, a late diagnosis as a lot of women do, because it's very uncommon to be diagnosed with it as a child, as a girl child, because we're less hyperactive than the boys. And so that definitely makes an impact on how I do my work and how I manage my time, because I know that naturally during the day, I'm going to drift into other things. And I just kind of have to realign myself every couple of hours. And along with that I also have, you know, anxiety and being so young and a business owner, I have, you know, a lot of imposter syndrome that comes up, (laughs) you know, in my day to day work, me questioning myself saying like, you know, am I ready for all of this? Like, I know that I'm capable, but you know, sometimes those thoughts pop into your head, nagging you saying like, you should be older or you're not ready for this. Mm. Yeah, I hate to tell you this, but that doesn't necessarily go away with age. <laughs> no. Even someone at my, you know, I am what what I would would say a, a woman of a certain age and I still struggle with imposter syndrome. I think it's and I've done a couple episodes where we've talked about it as you probably know, it's very common in highly accomplished women. So maybe that's a good sign for you if you're if you're feeling that imposter syndrome and for you maybe it's focusing in on how young you are but usually imposter syndrome is something that women who are very accomplished and uh, do great things struggle with it. So maybe it's a good sign for you. 
you know what? I will just start thinking about it in that way. Every time that narrative pops into my head, I'll just remind myself. I'm like, Laura says that this is a sign of greatness. I'm ready. <laughs> there, there are lots of studies that have been done, or or I, maybe not a lot, but there have been several studies, you know, academic studies that have been done that have identified this as a, a common trait among women who've, who've accomplished, you know, really great things, who, who feel like, they lucked into it, that the things that they have accomplished weren't because of their skill or their ability or their intelligence, but just because they were in the right place at the right time. And that any minute now, everybody's going to realize they, they, you know, they're not qualified. And so it's, it's not necessary for you. You know, you think of it in terms of how young you are. For me, sometimes it's because of how old I am that I think, well, you know, I shouldn't be doing this thing, whatever this thing is. So it's, it's a, it's a thing a lot of us struggle with. And so I, I feel for you and you're doing such interesting things and starting a business at a young age. Um, let's talk about that for a minute before we get into some of the other productivity stuff. Exactly. What do you do as a digital marketing agency? We consider ourselves to be full service. My background in marketing is very broad and worked in a lot of industries. And I've been so fortunate to have done a lot of different things. So my main focus is social media strategy and running ads on Facebook and Instagram, like the ads that you'll probably see when you're scrolling through your feed, along with content creation, graphic design, really anything that touches social media is something that I can help a business owner with. And what types of businesses engage your services? Who, I mean, I'm not asking you to tell me who your clients are, but what types of, of businesses come to someone like you for the kind of help that you give? You know, a lot of times when people go into digital services, it's, you know, often said that you should niche down and pick a niche because, you know, it'll make it easier for those businesses to find you. And I was very fortunate when I started my business. I almost instantly had, you know, a handful of clients come to me, but they were from all different industries. And I, you know, didn't want to say no as a new business owner. And I liked all of their businesses so much. So I have wellness businesses. I have service-based businesses like therapists. Um, I even work with, you know, luxury goods like yachts. Um, Mm. And yeah, really, I'm so lucky to have like an eclectic list of clients. I think that it fits me very well. Um, I think when we spoke previously, you know, I, I am a Gemini in like the truest sense of the word. I have a lot of different interests and a lot of different things that I do. I don't know if you've taken the Myers-Briggs personality test, but I'm an ENFP, which is a campaigner. So, you know, I do a lot of different things. So I think that having different types of clients is actually really perfect for me. Sounds so interesting. So how do you... You, you talked a little bit about how your day works and, and the sorts of things you do. How do you uh, manage getting your work done and the other things that are important to you? Are there particular uh, tools you like, resources that you recommend for managing all this, keeping track of which client needs what work done and all that sort of thing? How, how do you, you know, what are the, I want to get kind of into the, the nitty gritty of how you're actually managing all this so that you, nothing slips through the cracks. Even though I am one with the younger generation, I'm a Gen Z I still prefer pen to paper. I think that especially because I have ADHD and my thoughts tend to wonder, like writing something down really helps me remember that it's important. And along with that, I set alarms throughout my day because I know that my thoughts are going to wander. um, And I know that I need to like bring myself back in. I try to be forgiving with myself. I preach to, you know, my clients and on my Instagram that like restriction is never good. So I try not to restrict myself to sitting at my computer for long hours because I know that for me, I personally work in bursts of energy. Mm. Um, So there will be some blank space in between my bursts of productivity, if you will. 
one tool that is digital that I use a lot with clients is Slack. Mm -hmm. It makes everything so easy. I know that it's becoming more and more common with this work from home life that we're all dealing with. Um, But yeah, Slack is amazing for productivity for me personally. I think of Slack as a communication tool, uh, a way kind of a, a, a place where you can have chat room, so to speak, with various people. Uh, do you do more with it than just communicate back and forth with clients and colleagues? Yeah. So, I mean, the main part of it is chatting, but it helps me be productive because I know that important messages are coming to me via Slack and I get, you know, over a hundred emails every day on my company email. So I know that, you know, bringing my clients to Slack really narrows down the time for me that it takes to communicate with them, especially with going back and forth with content creation. It really makes things a breeze because I'll mock up something for someone's Instagram and send it to them. And within, you know, a couple of minutes because they get a similar notification, I, you know, have a revision or an edit or, you know, a color that they want to change. Hmm. So you can attach the files and that sort of thing and share things back and forth that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've used Slack in various contexts, but mostly it's just been the chat and, and, uh, uh, actually I, I, my virtual assistant and I communicate through Slack about various things for the productive woman and the things that she does for me. But, uh, I know there's more, um, it has more functionality than I've actually used with it. Yeah. Like I think when, you have like a lot of different people to talk to via Slack. It gets more and more helpful because you have specific groups on Slack and you can like, you know, section people into groups and rooms, if you will. And it makes it really easy to communicate with different teams, especially when I work with other freelancers for my work. You know, if there's like a graphic design project, you know, I just know instantly where to go rather than having to look for the email. Yeah. And that seems like it would be such a useful thing because all the messages are right there in that one place. Um, For me, in in many ways, email is like the bane of my existence as a lawyer, because that's where most of the communication happens. And when you're getting dozens or hundreds of emails a day uh, about lots of different things, and they're just all in that one inbox, trying to find the thing you're looking for can be a challenge. And uh, I do like that aspect of Slack that you can, you know, kind of section people off, group them uh, whether it's topically or by team so that you know where any communication about a particular topic is going to be. 100%. And it's very searchable because they have like the command F feature, which you could in theory use for an email, but I feel like it's a bit more dense to use. But, you know, if I want to find a specific, you know, PowerPoint that was sent to me in January, I could just type in the name of the PowerPoint in the search feature and it'll pop right up. Nice. What other tools do you use? Um, uh, You mentioned that you like pen and paper, and I can relate to that. What do you use for a calendar for keeping track of meetings, appointments, um, you know, time based kinds of commitments? I try a new planner out pretty much every year because I just know that one year I will find the perfect planner. (laughs) Um, This year I am using a planner from Rifle Paper Company. Hmm. And I will tell you this planner is actually like, I don't, I can't personally think of anything that I'd add to it. You know, Mm. they have the month overview, which is super helpful for me putting down, you know, major dates. I don't really put my meetings down, but if I have a doctor's appointment or someone's birthday, it's more of my social calendar. They also have a day to day breakdown that has check boxes that you can tick off that's super satisfying. And I use those for my meetings and my daily tasks. It's super nice. I would definitely suggest it to anyone. It really, it makes you feel very organized, especially because it has like the built-in checklist to like mark off the boxes. And it's beautiful. I love checking things off. I can admit to 
at various times, often adding something onto my list that I've already done just so I can check off, check it off the list. Oh my gosh, I do that too. <laughs> it's it, a little serotonin relief. It really is. And uh, and so the this planner from, you said it's from the Rifle Paper Company? Yeah. What format is it like a bound a book bound or spiral bound or what, what does it look like and how big it's is it? Spiral bound and it's hard. Like it's not a floppy book. It's definitely sturdy and yeah, it's really, really beautiful. It has gold foil printed on the front and each month has a different like flower design that you open up to. It's really gorgeous. Well, very um, cool. And, you know, yeah. Opening up a planner like this obviously makes me very happy at the beginning of my day. Of course. Well, I'll, I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes in case anybody wants to check it out. Other tools or resources that help you with um, managing what you're doing or that you use in your work? Other than the paper, you know, like a planner and my Google calendar and alarms, there's not much else that I use as far as tools because I really set my alarm every couple of hours, literally just to remind me what I need to be doing in the day because sometimes, you know, admittedly I'll fall into like scrolling through social media or I'll get really caught and I'll just start cooking dinner, like an elaborate dinner for just myself because my husband's working and I'll have an alarm to remind me like, Hey, like you can't spend two hours cooking dinner. You have things to do. Um, so besides my planner and my handy alarms, I can't really say that there is something else that I use. Let's go back to the, you, you raised the issue. You mentioned that you have, you were diagnosed with ADHD. How, for, and I think most of us know kind of what that means, but for you specifically, how does um, ADHD affect your productivity? I think one of the best ways that's been described to me to describe to other people is it's like having a bunch of tabs open on your computer. You know, there's so many different things that I'm thinking about all the time that I can just, if I pivot to something, even for half a second, I can just stay on it for hours. And I know that that's common, even maybe with people who don't have ADHD, but it's very full up here in my brain. Mm. Uh, it just, that's the best way to describe it. It really feels like I have hundreds of tabs open on my computer. And honestly, that plays into real life because I have tons of tabs open on my computer all the time. And whenever I'm zooming with someone and I start to share something, I feel like I have to give them a trigger warning. I'm like, just a warning. I have a lot of tabs open. Please don't be alarmed because I've gotten comments before at the amount of tabs that I use. And so, I mean, do you feel that you get distracted easily from what, you know, from whatever you're working on or... Yes and no. Like, I guess part of the beauty of having ADHD is that I can, when I do focus, I can get very focused mm. on something that I'm doing, but it might not be the right thing at the right time. Oh. So I'm very passionate about the content that I create for my Instagram. But if I'm working in the middle of the day on client work and I just even click over to the Canva tab where I do my content creation, you know, I'll probably spend a little bit of time there just thinking about what I want to make or how I want to tweak a post. And, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And the middle of my afternoon is not supposed to be my content creation time. I specifically do that in the morning and then maybe at night when my husband and I are watching Netflix. Okay. And so because of that, you have these, these sort of routines and systems in place to, to address what you know is your tendency to do that. These alarms that you've mentioned that are just sort of to kind of catch your attention and remind you, Hey, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Exactly. And I know that a lot of people use like screen lock features where it doesn't allow you to open certain things during, during certain hours. But um, like I said, like, I don't think that restriction for me is very healthy. Um, so I do allow myself to roam. And, you know, if I see the alarm, it reminds me what I'm supposed to be doing. It's up to me at that point if I'm going to listen to the alarm or not. But 
just having those kind of taps on the shoulder throughout the day really do help me. Yeah. And it's really a great idea for a lot of us. And and something you just said made me think about the fact you've, you've got this system set up, you've got these alarms set, but it's still on you to respond appropriately to it. And by appropriately, I mean, in the way that you want to, Uh, we can spend all kinds of time setting up systems and, and routines and, and reminders and all that stuff. But if we don't respond to them, if we, you know, it's still on us to actually do the work or make the change or, or whatever it is that this system is set up to do. No, no tool is going to do that for us. Right. I think that a lot of times we, you know, maybe push against ourselves in a way because I feel that if I were to push against myself and force myself to work instead of giving in to some of my natural behavior of, you know, letting my thoughts flow, I would end up resenting some of the work that I'm doing because it's against my nature. And Mm -hmm. like part of that and part of being productive for me was really like taking a couple of months to learn and accept that that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And it was really difficult at first, even in my first nine to five job when I was working in New York, like it was a big adjustment because I knew that I needed to schedule out how I did my work in a certain way to make it the best quality that I could. Hmm. Well, you know, that's something all of us can learn from. And I, I, I love what you just said about recognizing who you are, your natural tendencies. And sure we can shape those to a certain degree, but it's not necessarily going to be productive to try to be somebody we're not and try to paste some system onto our lives that we've seen somebody else doing that works for them, but isn't right for us who we are at this time in our life. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. We talked about like when you get up and kind of how you structure your day. Do you have any particular routines that you follow like a morning routine or a a bedtime routine or anything like that? Or, or is your day kind of a little more free flowing than that? I would say that most of my life is free flowing, but there are some standard things that I do in the morning. Like I always start my morning with either a cup of tea or like I said, a matcha latte. And I kind of take my time for myself when I'm drinking my hot drink in the morning to think about the things that I need to do. And I just really kind of like stare at a wall and I just like project my day in front of me, if that makes sense. Like I line up everything that I need to do when I have that first sip of tea in the morning. And then at night, my routine really just depends on when my husband gets home. As soon as he gets home, um, I usually transition into working for myself on content creation and we'll sit down, we'll have a drink. You know, usually I have tea. I'm not a big wine drinker, but usually he'll have a glass of wine and we'll sit down and we'll watch a show. I'll work on content and it's just very kazelic, as they would say here in the Netherlands, which means cozy. Oh, what, what was that word again? Kazelic? Kazelic. How's that like? G, you know, the, the <laughs> okay, difficult to say. Have you been learning a lot of the language there in the time you've been there? You know, there are people that have learned Dutch faster than me. I'd say that I'm at like a babbling toddler level right now, <laughs> but I do try to speak Dutch as much as I can with my husband, like just on like simple things like asking for something or asking him if he wants something, you know, I try to incorporate Dutch into our daily life because I recognize that he puts a lot of effort into speaking English every single day when it's not his mother tongue. Yeah. Well, to me, that would be one of the fun things about living in another country would be the opportunity to, to learn the language. Of course, it's going to be hard when in the situation, as we've talked about earlier, you can't really go anywhere. Um, but uh, I've, I've always wished that I could be fluent in other languages. It's something as an American, I think we don't necessarily think about. Yeah, I think that a lot of Americans would wish that we had maybe, you know, better systems in place to learn languages, because 
here speaking a second language is just like so normal it's a little bit strange if you don't speak a second language mainly because you know the second language is usually english which is very helpful um but yeah i wish that i spoke you know more languages fluently as well yeah before we kind of start wrapping up i wonder we've touched on this a little bit but you've started a business since you moved there you're in the midst of a pandemic you're you know with a you're 22, so I'm guessing the the marriage is relatively new. Uh, how long have y'all been married? Uh, we got married last October, but my husband's 31, so he yeah. has some years on me. And you've started this business. What what are some of the challenges you've dealt with? And, and we've touched on some of it, but I'd like to talk a little more about that in terms of starting and running a business, not only at a relatively young age, but from a country that's not your home country uh, with clients that are in other parts of the world. How has that worked for you? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of struggles with that. I mean, first and foremost, being young and starting a business, like my biggest struggle that I still struggle with is setting boundaries for myself and making sure that I take a day off for myself. The first month or so when I started my business, I didn't take any days off because anytime that I was sitting down, I felt like it was wasted because I could be propelling my business forward more. And so now I make sure to take, you know, Saturday nights off to just chill, but it's still something that I'm working on because work follows me pretty much everywhere I go. And I think a lot of business owners can relate to the fact that your mind never truly is silent. Mm. Um, You're always going to be thinking about, you know, the next thing that you want to do for your business. And especially living in a different country, like part of why I'm so glad that I'm in the digital field is because, you know, I am lucky enough to work with um, clients that are in America and I work with some clients here in the EU. But the Dutch have a very different mentality on money. My husband described it in the best way to me. Like Americans are very focused on maximizing profit while Dutch people are focused on minimizing costs. Hmm. And so kind of learning how Dutch consumers work has been very interesting to me. And I've been very, you know, curious to learn more about that because it is so different. And I think that the marketing industry here is just, so entirely different than how we market things in America because in America we buy things maybe for the comfort of it because it makes our lives easier or we feel that it'll elevate us in some way but here you know you have to have a pretty good reason to shell out some money on some random stuff (laughs) so definitely being in marketing learning how the consumers here think has been a challenge interesting and so I would assume the challenge then is understanding that mindset and uh, adjusting your approach to potential clients to present your what you do to them in a way that makes sense for the way they think about consuming. Yes, for sure. Especially because Dutch small business owners um a bit more reserved with spending money than maybe a small business owner in America because we are focused on maximizing the profit and we're often focused on growth. And here, a lot of small business owners, you know, the Dutch are such, you know, amazing people because they're very content and that's why they have such a high quality of life here. Um, Mm. And so a lot of small business owners are just very happy being a small business owner. And they're like, why would I want to spend money on marketing to like make my business grow that much? So they're kind of hard to sell, honestly. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but it's the approach here in the United States, I would guess would be you, I know you want to grow. Here's how I can help you grow. That's not going to be persuasive to someone in the Netherlands. No, not at all. And yeah, adjusting, you know, how I talk to people here has been a challenge for sure. And another challenge that falls into that, because I don't work necessarily with many clients that are in my time zone is, you know, being fully aware and like able to go to meetings at midnight because I have clients that are all the way in Hawaii. Mm. Um, And so our schedules are like completely opposite. So managing in across four different time zones 
has been a huge challenge for me. Do you have any particular tool you use to that that you can like look at to to sort of quickly uh, calculate the time differences? I mean, how do you do that? I guess is yes. what you know to schedule a call. So or I have a map. And I have added all the clocks of all the different time zones I work with on my sidebar. So I just click a little button in the top right corner and I can instantly see what time it is for people. And if I'm scheduling a meeting for like a different time of day, it's usually easiest to just do a quick Google search. Like if it's like 11 a.m. in Honolulu, like what time is it in Amsterdam? (laughs) And then Google being the magical entity that it is, it just tells me. Yeah. Yeah. Google is the Google's know all. So I I do have one quick question and I, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. And so I, I wonder since your expertise is in marketing and specifically in digital marketing, and you've mentioned that you do a lot of focus on social media for a small business, or maybe even somebody like me with the productive woman and the, the things that I do, do you have a a tip or two for someone who maybe wants to get more um, benefit from social media? Like where's the best place to go? What's the, uh, any, just a tip or two that you can offer for us? Of course. I mean, I love talking about it. Consulting's <laughs> like the best part of my job. So really like, I would say to anyone who has a business Instagram is we need to detach ourselves from vanity metrics, which are things like followers and likes the things Mm. that the public sees, because the most important thing at the end of the day is if your followers convert into sales or for you listeners, that's really, really hard for a lot of business owners to hear because a lot of people will buy their followers or buy their likes. And that actually hurts you a lot on Instagram and can get your account banned for a couple of weeks if you Mm -hmm. do that. Um, so my biggest suggestions would be to definitely use all the hashtags. Hashtags are really important for growth. Make sure you post consistently. Instagram themselves recommends three times a week, a couple of days a day and utilizing all the features. Um, with the introduction of TikTok, Instagram has really wanted to try to gather their followers back onto the platform, which is why they introduced Reels. And so Instagram is hugely rewarding accounts that are making full use of the Reels um, platform on Instagram. Hmm. So use your hashtags, use all the features on Instagram, and don't overlook community management. A lot of people think that they can just post awesome content on Instagram and get hundreds of thousands of followers. But going to the hashtags that are relevant to your niche. So if you were to go to a like women in podcast hashtag, interact with their photos and interact with the people that are interacting with the top posts on those photos, because you know that those accounts are interested in what you do. Hmm. If that all makes sense. Sure. So is there a place to go? Um, you know, I've been kind of dabbling in, uh, in Instagram for a while. I've been on Facebook forever, but I, I've been dabbling in Instagram and I see the features like that you talked about, but is there a place to go to learn how they work for, for someone who's, you know, not 22, who wants to, you know, use the, the tools that are available. Like I, I, I see that they have, there were Instagram stories and there's IGTV and their reels, but there's nothing, I don't know where to look to see how do you use them? Is there, is there a place to go to find that out? I mean, I think that the quickest way would probably be to YouTube it because there's a YouTube video for everything. (laughs) Um, I do talk about it on my Instagram page, which is just at Communaholics. And now that you bring it up, that people sometimes just don't know like what different features do or how to access them or create content on them. You know, that's a great idea for an ebook. So you might see an ebook from me in the next couple of weeks on that. I think that's a great idea. I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, thanks for letting me pick your brain a little bit. For, I, I know I'm not the only one in the productive woman community who has some sort of business thing or who's interested in in interacting on social media, but maybe is, a, you know, d- just doesn't, it, it can be a little overwhelming with all the new features when you don't know how they work. So uh, I appreciate you letting me pick your brain a little bit about that. 
Yeah, of course. And for anyone that's listening to this, my DMs are always open on Instagram. I'm always so happy to help people who really want to start. Great. So so we've talked about kind of how your day works. We've talked about some of the productivity challenges you have. You've obviously spent some time thinking about those challenges and ways to address them. And you have systems in place that work for you and a routine that kind of works for you. Um, So I'm going to ask, even with all that, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, Laura, more than you know. (laughs) Last weekend, I had one of those weekends where I was planning to work and, you know, it was cloudy out. I hadn't seen the sun in a couple of days. I was feeling down and I just was not productive last weekend. And like I said, like part of how I you know, encourage myself to be productive is not restricting myself and really trying to listen to what my body's telling me. So when I literally can't get myself to work, I know that there's something going on either with me mentally that I'm not aware of or physically, you know, maybe I'm coming down with a cold or something. And I just listen to myself. I take the L and I'm like, today is not my day. I am going to sit here, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to watch Netflix, I'm going to FaceTime my friends. And then, you know, usually if you, or at least for me, if I allow myself to have that space to, you know, sometimes completely just chill, I get back and I come back even stronger and more productive. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about being kind to yourself, isn't it? 100%. That's such a hard lesson to learn sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunate to work with a therapist. And so on our calls, you know, sometimes I get little nuggets of gold that, you know, serve me a lot. And she had told me, you know, if you wouldn't say it to your five-year-old self, you shouldn't say it to yourself now because you deserve love as a child and you deserve love now. And that has really stuck with me. Yeah, that that's wise words and something we could all take to heart. Um, well, Sarah, it's been so great talking with you. I, I don't want to take up your whole, I guess it's evening where you are. Um, where can people connect with you online? If someone wants to see the work you're doing or learn more about you or maybe connect with you with, for a question, where's the best place for them to find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Communaholics. And if you don't have an Instagram and you're not active on social media, you can go to my website, communaholics.com. And you can email me directly from the site. Great. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes um, so that people people can find you if they want to. Before we go, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or a little encouragement maybe in getting things done and making a life that matters, what what would you say to her? I would say to her that Rome wasn't built in a day Mm. and the best things in life take time. And if you need a day for yourself, you have to listen to yourself because if you run yourself dry, burnout's the worst thing you can do for a new company. You know, your company won't grow if you just completely overextend yourself and you're burnt out. Mm. So the best thing you can do is just listen to your body, take the day to relax and then jump back in even stronger the next day. Great advice for all of us to keep in mind. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I've so appreciated this conversation. Well, I'm so glad that Sarah took the time to talk with me today. I am thankful for her uh, being willing to share with us her thoughts on how she's making a life that matters and and to offer some interesting and, and helpful insights into ways that we can make our lives better as well. But what do you think? Do you have any questions or comments? Uh, You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 337, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, 
You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. Before we go, I want to remind you of our sponsor, Calm. One of the most powerful ways to improve your overall health and happiness is to get a good night's sleep. But for some of us, that's not such an easy thing to do. It can be hard to fall and stay asleep. And that's why I've been so excited to partner with Calm, which is an app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. Because when you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life and it's easier to be more productive. Calm has a whole library of programs designed just for that, for healthy sleep. They offer soundscapes, guided meditations, and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Kelly Rowland, Laura Dern, Stephen Fry, and so many more. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And I, I am one of them. I have a paid subscription to, to Calm um, for that very reason. I use it at night to help me sort of quiet my mind and get to sleep. And if you go to calm.com slash TPW, you'll be able to take advantage of their limited time offer of 40% off their premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Get the Calm app and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. For listeners of The Productive Woman, they are offering that special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription simply by going to calm, C-A-L-M, calm.com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access to their entire library with new content being added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash TPW. And remember also to learn more about Organifi's Superfoods blends and to get 15% off any item in their online store, visit Organifi.com slash TPW. Remember to get the discount in particular, be sure to use this special link, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, dot com slash tpw and thank you so much to organify and calm for sponsoring the productive woman podcast and that is it for this episode of the productive woman thank you so much for spending this time with me and with sarah i hope you found something in it that was helpful or encouraging to you i look forward to talking with you again very soon so until next time remember extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter